Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good afternoon, and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Also, check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. We stream the show live every weekday if you want to watch that way. We always welcome you to join us. Uh, and also, we like your feedback. If you want to drop a comment on Facebook or on YouTube, we like that too. On Twitter, if you want to use the hashtag Parlay Radio, that's how we get your responses for the show. Uh, and we might use them if they're relevant and appropriate. Uh, we've got a great show on this Wednesday afternoon. We are talking Premier League Soccer with Nick Gieber. We're talking baseball with Dana Lane, including the Nats, Pirates, Brewers, Cards, LA Angels, and the Texas Rangers, as well as NFL preseason football because week three is in full swing. Maybe we'll see some more starters. Maybe it's more of a dress rehearsal. Uh, we're talking Ravens-Eagles, Panthers-Patriots, Redskins-Falcons. That's what's on the docket today. And also, we've got some good specials for you guys if you want to head over to our website. All NFL season passes are on sale uh, for 25% off. That's our early bird price. If you want to get in on it, get in on it before the end of the month. Again, all of our NFL preseason and season passes on sale on the website. And also, college football is starting this week. And if you've missed some of our previews for any of our games, specific games, NFL futures, games when it comes to college football, we post all of those segments on our YouTube page. So if you want to head over to YouTube, if you search Picks and Parlays, we're easy to find. Uh, and that way you can kind of watch on demand. It's kind of like Netflix for betting. <laughs> if you want to look at YouTube that way. Uh, coming up after the break, we're talking Premier League Soccer. Nick Gieber had a great pick for us last week. We'll talk about that, how much money he won us. That was a great call. Does he have any sleepers this week? Stay tuned. After the break, we've got plenty to get to on this Wednesday afternoon. Soccer, baseball, NFL preseason football. It's all next on Picks and Parlays Radio after the break. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is at Chelsea Messenger. Also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We stream the show live every weekday, and we always appreciate your feedback. Let's start off the show with a bang. Let's start with English Premier League Soccer. Uh, Nick Gieber is here with us today. And... Not to brag, but he had a really good pick last week. Nick, where are you? Are you well, coming? <laughs> well, Chelsea, uh, I certainly did indeed have quite a pick. I have to ask, how's the new Ferrari? Oh, man. Well, unfortunately, I did not take that pick. Uh, oh. The week before, I took your picks, but um, I just got a little lazy. Just didn't punch them in to my app, which I know it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> well, for those, if you weren't watching last week, uh, that's on you, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> you blew it. But the bottom line is this. 
I gave you the draw. Uh, Tottenham, Manchester City, Manchester City, the retained champions playing Tottenham Hotspur at the Etihad. Everybody had City, but in fact, I, funnily enough, Chelsea, I don't mean to, uh, you know, Pat, but I, will, ahead, I will tell go you. Go ahead, Pat, I have, back. There is a, a bit of a genetic <laughs> anomaly. I have, uh, my right arm is longer than my left, and that is from patting myself on the back so much. I was wondering where that was going. Successes. Yes. I was I wondering if you had like a stupid human trick lined up for Maybe. Us. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I actually said that City were more likely, were likely to win that game at 3-2, but I loved the draw because Tottenham were very capable of getting that draw. Actually, the 91st minute, Tottenham scored to make it 3-2, but then video assistant referee ruled that the ball, the goal was created from a handball in the box. It was disallowed. The game ended 2-2. Uncanny my unbelievable predilections of Premier League magic. So what was the right line on, on that? The what was it? Plus 400 something? Plus 424, Chelsea. Plus 424. But you didn't bet it. So mm, sorry. All right. I was well, expecting to see the new Ferrari. All right. Cool. Well, enough with the bragging. Yes, I know. I it's more know. what have you done for us lately. And we're right. going to talk about this week's picks. And if you can be just as good because you can do it one week. Well, but can you do it another? You know, early season Premier League football is uh, replete with dangers. A lot of it is teams make a lot of signings and maybe those signings don't get bedded in quite yet or they don't play all of the signings quite yet because they're not ready. They're not maybe match fit. Uh, so we have a couple of very interesting early matchups here. I want to talk about the match on Friday. This is at Villa Park. This is Aston Villa Everton. Right now, Villa are, well... <laughs> Unfortunately for them, they lost to Tottenham 3-1 and they lost to Bournemouth 2-1 at home. They're facing an Everton side that uh, drew Crystal Palace uh, away for the opening day and then barely eat by Watford at Goodison Park 1-0. The one thing I don't think we're going to get on this game is a boatload of goals, Chelsea. Uh, both these teams are looking a little, shall we say, um, Poultry in the goal scoring department, not for lack of trying. Everton did manage to sign 146 million euros of new players as they came up from the championship. But I actually like this game to be a draw at plus 250, Chelsea. Uh, it's two and a half goals is the line. I like to take the under at minus 120. I'm just not seeing a lot of goals in this game. This is at Villa Park, so. Who knows? Maybe we'll see Dean Smith gets his boys in a rolling properly at home. Uh, we will see. I know there's a lot of pressure on Marco Silva uh, to get Everton firing as well. But we will see. I like the draw on this one, and that is plus 250. If you want to take the home team, Aston Villa is plus 250, Everton minus 110. Uh, but other than that, I think the draw is, is a, could be a nifty little bet here. It's not quite the value pick that it was no. last week at plus 250, but it's still a good value pick. It's it's a, yeah, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a reasonable pick because, quite honestly, I'm not sure there's a great deal of value. I mean, plus 250 for Aston Villa to win at home, it's more likely to have a draw against Everton than a win for right. Villa. So, uh, and they are basically the same odds. So I would take the draw. I said plus 250. Let's move along to Carrow Road, though, uh, for the next match. And this one is really interesting. Norwich City came up from the championship last season. They were the they were the champion the champions of the championship. And if you don't know what the championship is, it's the league right under the Premier League. And as we spoke about Chelsea uh, when you started talking to me about the English Premier League, I mentioned how it works with promotion and relegation. Right. So the top two teams from the championship get automatic promotion, and the final third spot is won through a playoff. 
Um, Aston Villa, for example, and Dean Smith, they won promotion through the playoff system, beating Derby County uh, in the playoffs. But Norwich were the champions of the championship last season. They are an exciting team. They're a dynamic team. They're a very young team. And they like to score a lot of goals and play wide open football, which works really, really well when you're playing in the championship, which is a step below the Premier League. So they like to attack. And right. Chelsea, well, they finished top four last season. They are perennial. Uh, well, I say perennial. I remember when Chelsea were, you know, one day away from bankruptcy. But let's just say <laughs> the last 15 years, they've been a powerhouse in English football. They are really struggling right now, Chelsea. I was about to club. say, I know you're not high on Chelsea this season. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> obviously, this, well, first of all, um, this is a team that... Uh, won the Europa League last year, then fired their manager. Their manager, Maurizio Sarri, actually left them. Uh, and this team, due to naughtiness in the transfer market through previous years, is suffering through a two-window transfer ban, which means they can't sign any players until next summer. And they managed to get rid of two of their best players, uh, Aiden Hazard, for a boatload of money. And David Luiz uh, moved for slightly less money, but they lost a great defender and their playmaker, the guy that was really single-handedly responsible for Chelsea's success last season. And instead, they brought in a lot of much younger players that they've had out on loan at different clubs around the footballing universe. And, of course, American Kristen Pulisic, who, if you watch the NBC coverage, you would think he is the, actually the only player on <laughs> Chelsea. Uh, but that is not true. But let's talk about this game, because yeah. you said Chelsea was one of the better teams last season, at least uh, according to the standings. Are you uh, telling me politely <laughs> to shut up and focus? I mean, that's okay if you are. Uh, I'm fine with it. I'm just saying some people want to win some money. All right. So let's move along and get to your pick. And... Well, all right. Okay. All right. I get it. You're impatient to win the dosh. I understand. The dosh. All right. Well, look, this is at Carrow Road. This is Norwich's home. And they have uh, some really interesting things going on. Timo P Timu Puki, which sounds like a venereal disease, I know, <laughs> but it's not. He's actually the Finnish striker that was top scorer in the championship last year, last season with 29 goals. He's already got four goals this season for Norwich City. He's on fire. Norwich are playing that great attacking football. But Chelsea, Chelsea seem unable to really get it going. They can nick a goal here or there, but they really haven't scored very many. They only scored one goal. They lost 4-0 to Man United in the opening day, and they drew 1-1 uh, against Leicester City uh, last weekend. So I'm not big on a lot of goals from Chelsea in this game, but I am quite big on a number of goals from Norwich in this game. Three goals is the line. I was going to say take the over, but the more I think about it, mm, I don't think so. I think this is going to be... 2-1 Norwich City. And Norwich right now are plus 550. However, and here's a big however, check the team sheet. Check the team sheet. Which is you the wanna, injuries, right? Yeah, you want to see if Willian and... Um, um, uh, I'm having a complete brain freeze right well, now. Well, uh, there are two players uh, that will be coming back uh, from injury. N'Golo Kante played last uh, last game out, but we're looking for um, um, Willian and maybe Andrew can rem uh, jog my mind here. Throw it out back. there if you know it. No, right. I tell you what, I'll, I'll put it. <laughs> we'll put it on the final screen when you do the recap. Okay, right. But check the team sheet if they're coming back. For, uh, you know, you may want to think about the draw, but I, I, you can't resist a plus five fifty at home at Carroll Road. Right, that's a good value pick, and especially for a team that's scoring a lot of goals. You mentioned Chelsea is maybe not the team that they were last season. Uh, how are they defensively? 
pretty bloody awful, to be fair. Oh, well, and, then that and, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, Willian will be a big help for them. Uh, but, uh, really, uh, getting rid of uh, David Luiz really makes me, you know, question <laughs> their sanity. But, look, there may be a master plan in here, Charles, so maybe I can get to this very quickly with you. I was talking about this on my show on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, which you can hear weeknight, 6 p.m. <laughs> Pacific, 9 Eastern. Great on plug. that very network. Thank you. <laughs> and I was mentioning that, you know, it might be that Chelsea want to commit suicide this year because they brought in club legend Frank Lampard, Fat Frank, as we call him, to coach. <laughs> but maybe by selling these players and putting all that money in the bank, they have a bad season. They can get rid of Lampard at the end of the year. They can bring in a big name manager and they can fall on the right side of the financial fair play rules by not signing anyone, obviously and having all that money in the bank. So maybe a conspiracy is afoot, could well be. Conspiracy theories, bets, we've got it all when we talk soccer with Nick Gieber. Uh, we're back after the break talking baseball, NFL preseason football. Join, join us when we come back on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. Also check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. And we also stream the show live every weekday if you want to see the faces behind the voices. Let's get to some baseball in our second segment. We've got Dana Lane joining us. Hello, Dana. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> did, did, Knicks, did Knicks say that there was naughtiness through the transfer window? Naughtiness? Yeah, that's what he said. There was naughtiness through the transfer window in soccer. I think <laughs> I'm going to start watching. <laughs> we've, we've covered quite a bit. I know. Yeah. When it comes, I never know if he's saying like a soccer term or like an English term. So, well, we went over that before the right. show. We have fixtures or, or schedules and dosh is money. And if you want to win some dosh. <laughs> You watch this show or you listen to this show. All right. Well, speaking of winning, your Pirates, they won a game last night. They still my heart. Which is a pretty big deal when they've only won four times in their past 16 games. Yeah. So. It's interesting. It's going to be extremely interesting to see what the Pirates do in the offseason, of course. If you read the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette or you listen to I blogs, uh, well, <laughs> who doesn't? I mean, that's the first thing I do. Kids don't eat until I'm done with the Gazette. But um, the fact of the matter is in this offseason, there should be a lot of changes, whether it's Clint Hurdle or whether it's even higher than him. I mean, certainly uh, from a player perspective, they've already said, hey, look, we're going to re-sign Chris Art. We're going to exercise the rights to his final uh, year of his contract, which – I, I guess, you know, uh, that tell, that's you telling me. You sound very confident well, in that pick. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Chelsea, that's telling me that perhaps Ray Searage is not going to be back next year because Ray Searage, of course, is the Pirates pitching coach. And that's telling me that they like their pitchers and, and I can't see another year of Searage with this pitching staff, which, by the way, you know, you can say what you want about Clint and Hurdle, and a lot of people have. They've talked about his mismanagement of the bullpen, how he's not able to, you know, his double switching a couple weeks ago, which still was a head scratcher. But still, you know, this guy, the first half of the season, was able to manage this Pirates team into contention headed into the All-Star break with a pitching staff 
that obviously had a lot of injuries and, and was really, really bad even if they were healthy. I mean, Chris Archer has done absolutely nothing since coming over from Tampa Bay. So uh, regardless of that, yes, Pirates got a victory last night over the Washington Nationals. And part of that was the, uh, I, I guess, they, they took infield before the game. This was a, a different thing. And give Hurdle a lot of credit. He's, he's trying well, to do also, something. Well, and also Chris Archer, he was pulled in, what, the second inning? Well, yeah, he was pulling the first inning because he got hurt. First inning because yeah. he was hurt. So the bullpen yeah. did a great job of coming up uh, big for the Pirates. They play the Nationals again tonight, circling back to our betting talk. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Nats Pirates. Uh, do we see a similar result tonight or no faith in the Pirates No, I, I can't do that because, <laughs> like you mentioned, there were 7-28 and 28 since the All-Star break. And, in fact, they're on pace to have the worst post-All-Star break record in the history of Major League Baseball. So if you do the, the math on that, which I took all morning to do, 75% of the games in the second half they've lost. I'm not, I'm not going to just take that 25% because this is still a Pirates team that has a lot of holes in the lineup. You never know what you're going to get out of, the, out of the pitching staff. And, of course, they face a Nationals team, out, excluding last night, who has been absolutely fantastic from, the offensive, from an offensive point of view. Uh, in fact, in their last nine games, they've scored 63 runs, which is seven runs per game. And you can either take out, you can take that one run that they uh, scored last night against the Pirates and factor that in as well. This is, a, this is a Nationals team that's absolutely been on fire offensively. They faced Joe Musgrove tonight. And one of the things about Joe, especially after he had the injury issue a couple months ago, it's just complete inconsistency. So yes, his last outing was was very good, something that you would expect, the old Joe Musgrove. But 8-11 and 11 on the season, ERA, sky high, and there's a reason for that, it's inconsistency. So if you had a good outing last time, I'm betting you don't have a good outing this time. Here's why I like the Nationals in this one. Patrick Corbin is on the mound for the Nationals. 9-5, uh, 3-3-4, ERA. Here, the, comes, here comes the, the home road splits. I, 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 no, no. The Pirates struggle against left-handed pitching. That's why I like Pat Corbin in this one. Uh, the Pirates, 29th in the league in OPS against lefties. Uh, so that's a stat uh, sometimes you can look at in baseball. And also the Nationals, like you mentioned, very good offensively as of late. They beat up on the Brewers in their last series, scored 30 runs in two games. And also the bullpen for the Pirates, probably struggling right about now because after... Uh, right about May. <laughs> well, well, I just mean innings-wise because... Uh, as we mentioned, Chris Archer was taken out after the first inning in yesterday's game, and then Trevor Williams uh, only lasted two innings in the game before. So the bullpen has thrown 17 innings in two games. That's a lot. So the bullpen's being asked to do quite a bit, and that's why I don't like the Pirates in this one. Well, the first... has nothing to do with my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so unlike you. So has everything to do with mine. <laughs> the flip side of that, too, when we talked about Patrick Corbin, I was fortunate enough to see Patrick Corbin about five rows off of left of home plate back in April, the last time that they uh, faced each other. And Corbin absolutely was masterful of the Pirates lineup at that time that was full of hope and you know, hovering around 500, playing good baseball. And he absolutely destroyed him. So I can't imagine now you know, late, later in the season where we've even poked some more holes into that Pirates offense, 
uh, where he won't have that same kind of success. And last time against Milwaukee, he was okay. Uh, but one of the things that the Brewers did, it was take him deep into counts. I think you're going to see Corbin be much more aggressive in the strike zone. Uh, he threw over 100 pitches against Milwaukee. I think he's going to have an efficient night against Pittsburgh, being more aggressive against a team that really can't hurt him deep outside of Josh Bell. All right, well, we got you all the info on that game. We're taking the Nationals over the Pirates. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the Brewers and the Cardinals, a big NL Central matchup there with the Cardinals leading the division as of right now. They're in a close race with the Cubs and the Brewers. Uh, but, yeah, what do you see from this one tonight? Well, there's no reason to go against the St. Louis Cardinals in this one. They've beaten Milwaukee six straight times, and if you want to – Take a look at why teams are the where, where they are. All you have to do is look at recent form. Milwaukee, of course, has not played well of late. The Cardinals have, and they've taken care of business against the Milwaukee Brewers on a consistent basis. Now, one thing for St. Louis, and this is where it's really important when you're handicapping games to understand the difference between this is what I've done all season and this is what I can do uh, in current form. So for St. Louis, from a St. Louis standpoint, they have Harrison Bader back into the into their lineup, the leadoff hitter, the guy that they thought was going to be their leadoff hitter. In fact, he was their opening day center fielder. And why is this? You looked at the Cardinals, and you remember how they struggled for much of the year. Well, why did they struggle? Well, no production out of the leadoff spot. In fact, the leadoff spot for the Cardinals has been hitting 220 this season, and, and really they counted on Bader. They really were not able to uh, insert anybody to help that. I know Carpenter went in, uh, Carpenter has not had a Carpenter season, so that didn't help, and it was just kind of this mix matching and the top of the lineup. Well, if Bader can come in and at least give them a 250 guy, even a 260 guy, that is going to make the world a difference for this Cardinals offense because then, you, then you're going to have uh, Paul Goldschmidt instead of getting up up the bat with nobody on. Now you got a you guy potentially, if he hits second or third, potentially on – uh, two guys on base rather right, than facing, for a home run. Yeah, yeah, rather than facing somebody uh, with nobody on. And then obviously you don't get the quality of pitchers. So it's very right. important, Chelsea, when we look at lineups in Major League Baseball, it is that leadoff spot to me is the most important spot in the lineup. And of course, uh, if, if, of course if, if that leadoff guy can also get on base and give you some speed and, exactly. and potentially turn singles into doubles, uh, or you know, via the stolen base, obviously that's going to help as well. But in this one, there's no reason to go against St. Louis. I mean, they've, they've shown uh, that they can handle Milwaukee. If there was ever a spot to go against the Cardinals, it would have been last night because you figure, well, the Brewers really are in a position where they have to win this game. Mm -hmm. They failed to do that. Not only did they fail, their bullpen failed. Which I was going to say, Gio Gonzalez actually had a pretty good start, and then yeah. the bullpen gave up eight runs. Uh, which has been a problem for them, and if that's the case... It's not the bullpen that they had last year, or at least it's not performing. Well, they've asked a lot of their bullpen as well, and if that's the case, I can't, I can't at all go with Milwaukee in this one. And, of course, Adam Wainwright has been much better at home than he is on the road, getting a home start. You're getting a good number here, minus $1.03. You might want to shop for that a little bit, uh, but it's right around there. I'm more than happy to take St. Louis that has proven over a length of time that they can handle the Milwaukee Brewers. All right, so let's move on to our final game. The LA Angels and the Texas Rangers going head-to-head -head tonight. Patrick Sandoval taking the mound for the Angels 0-1-5-7-9 ERA. And Mike Miner 
going for the Rangers. 11-7, ERA, five starts versus the Angels in the past two years. 3-0 with a 2-0-8 ERA. So he's done well against the Angels uh, traditionally. What do you see happening in this one? Interesting line move in this one, Chelsea. The number open at minus $1.40 got bet down to $1.20. And you kind of scratch your head a little bit. I mean, Sandoval is making his third major league start uh, against Mike Miner, who obviously had two really good outings to start this month. Not so good last time, but, you know, that's going to happen from time to time. But on paper, this is a pitching mismatch. So it, it was a head scratcher to me as to why the public was on Los Angeles. But if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll see where this is the fourth start for, for Miner against the Angels. And every start, the Angels have hit him a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. So this is, I think the public is kind of seeing current form. I think that's why they're on the Angels tonight. But let's not get so wrapped up and crazy in this, Chelsea. We're going to take, te we're going to take Texas because, quite honestly, they, they have the better of the two pitchers. And the Angels have the most bullpen innings pitched of any team in baseball. Their bullpen is worn out, so I definitely see that. Uh, okay, so you're taking the Angels over the Rangers? No, nope, we're taking the Rangers over the Angels. Oh, uh, Rangers over the Angels. <laughs> All right. And then Nationals and Cardinals are two other picks. We're back after the break talking NFL preseason football. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, and we always appreciate you following us along on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. And also, if you visit our website, picksandparlays.net, we've got some great specials going on for NFL stuff. We've got 25% off if you purchase by the end of the month. Those are early bird prices. We've got Tony T., resident NFL expert, Tony T. How are you doing? How's the preseason going for you? Preseason's going very well for me. I have a pretty good read on it. And the one thing in the week three of the dress rehearsal, you know, Chelsea, I was studying the lines and uh, six games have moved three points or more. 10 games have moved two points or greater. So we're seeing a lot of line movement here in week three. Of course, the lines opened on Monday. Now we're here on Wednesday. We're seeing some line movement. I think a lot of it has to do with some injury news. Maybe some of these home field advantages are, 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 you know, adjusted too much here. It's not the same in the preseason, you know, Chelsea, when the starters go to the bench and the no names come out, the fans usually just sit on their hands. Right. Yeah, I was wondering why some of those lines were moving so much. I remember that with the, the Broncos game because uh, the Broncos opened up as a favorite and then they moved to not being the favorite. So, so I've definitely noticed that as well. Uh, let's start off today with the Ravens and the Eagles. The Ravens. Man, they've been incredible in the po in the preseason so far. Two and zero. Oh. Thirty. Oh, yep. I wrote fifty-five total points. Sorry, my handwriting is absolutely atrocious. But yeah, what do you have on this game? Yeah, I'm gonna look here on the. Uh, how can you go go against the Ravens here? Uh, right. They're, they're laying four and a half points here under John Harbaugh. They try to win these preseason games. They've won fourteen straight preseason games. They've won five of their past six games by double digits after their 26-13 home win to Green Bay last week. You know, they opened the preseason with a 29-zip win against Jacksonville. You know, Lamar Jackson looks sharp in their win against the, the Pack. And uh, defensively, the Ravens holding teams to just 169 yards a game, 2.9 on the ground, Chelsea. It's absolutely incredible to me what Harbaugh's doing in the preseason. Obviously, it's the preseason, 
but he's the only coach that has a record like that when it comes to preseason wins, 15-0 and 0, uh, in the last four preseasons. That's pretty, I mean, when you're betting games, like, like you said, how do you bet against the Ravens? Yeah, it's difficult, especially in this spot here against the Eagles, because the Eagles have suffered some injuries at the quarterback position. You know, Nate Sudfeld, Cody Kessler are hurt. The backups, Clayton uh, uh, Thorson, and of course, Josh McCown, they had to call him off the couch to sign yeah. as an emergency. <laughs> you know? So uh, they're in some trouble there. Of course, now you got to ask yourself, do you want Carson Wentz? That ACL is healing very slowly. And of course, the teams are competing in joint practices. So you got to wonder if you want to put Wentz out there against the Ravens' first-string defense. Look what happened to Garoppolo when he went out there. Right. And we mentioned something about uh, these practices, the joint practices they have. And sometimes you can take some takeaways from these. We saw with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo how he was throwing picks right and left, and he didn't look very good in these, these joint practices. And then we saw it on the field during the game. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look good. Uh, if you take that same mindset, Trace McSorley, uh, one of the Eagles' backup quarterbacks, three interceptions in one period this week in joint practice. I expect he's going to be getting some considerable uh, amount of playing time this week. Like you mentioned, the quarterbacks have to be a factor for the Eagles. Do you see this offense putting up points? That's going to be tough because also Eagles are dealing with offensive line trouble. Uh, three starters are injured, questionable for this game. So, uh, yeah, I think it may be just a little bit more run attack here, try to keep everyone healthy for the opener. And, of course, you know, uh, with Wentz, uh, it, you know, I don't expect to see much of him. Uh, and, of course, you're looking at the backups here for Philadelphia. I'm not a big fan of theirs. So uh, I'd have to look at the Ravens, definitely. So what's the line on this one? Do we know yet? Ravens now minus four and a half. Minus four and a half. I was going to say they're probably a favorite because everyone and their mom knows that Harbaugh is good in the preseason. But like you mentioned, it's it's hard to to pick against the Ravens. Are you picking the Ravens in this one or are you going the, with the total? I'm going with, yeah, I'm definitely going with the Ravens in this one. All right. Pretty cut and dry on that one. Let's move on to the Panthers and the Patriots. Interesting, interestingly enough, if I can say that right, Panthers and Patriots have played against each other in week three of the preseason five of the past six preseasons. Uh, last year, the Panthers won at 25-14, and in 2016, the Patriots won at 19-17. How do you see this year going? Yeah, I think this year, we're going to look here at the New England side here at minus three and a half. By the way, it's now down to minus three in some places because there's some news on Cam Newton, which we'll talk about a little later here. But it looks like Tom Brady will get the start in this dress rehearsal game. You know, the Patriots, they've looked sharp in their first two games, winning and covering each of them. They're averaging 411 yards, 26 points a game in their first two preseason games. And that's with their backup quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're throwing the ball for 283 yards a game. It's amazing. Their quarterbacks have been really good. Uh, Brian Hoyer, not quite as good as Jarrett Stidham. But as you mentioned, the backup quarterbacks, 574 yards, four touchdowns to just one interception through two games. So they're putting up quite some good numbers in the air and putting the points to go along with it. 31 points in their first win, 22 in their second do you see them rolling over this, this Panthers team that is supposed to have a good defense? Yeah, I, I believe they're going, to have, they're going to score some points here and cover here. And of course, we talked about they're completing 71% of the throws. But you got to look at the Patriots receiver and running back. Position. They're loaded here. I really like their traffic and Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. You know, they got that second-year uh, uh, receiver, Braxton Berrios, to add depth in unit. Of course, George, Josh Gordon was reinstated, took part in Mike Drills, will not play on Monday. Really strong depth at the running back position. Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, of course, the rookie Damian Harris. 
they've got they've got uh, the guns there uh, to go deep here and that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such good performances out of the backup quarterbacks because the Patriots have depth at the wide receiver and running back position something for the Panthers the entire starting lineup is projected to play at least a little at least that's what Ron Rivera said about this week so we should see maybe a couple series and out of Cam Newton uh, I'm not sure how much we'll see out of Cam I think him getting some timing with his receivers would be nice just because he struggled with that a little bit last season when he was dealing with that shoulder injury uh, he's coming off surgery so maybe he wants to get some timing but again as you mentioned some of these joint practices kind of fill that void for some of these teams so I'm not sure how much we see Cam uh, what do you see from the Panther side yeah, the Panther side here, Cam Newton, probably about three series, maybe four. I'd be very surprised if Christian McCaffrey plays in this game. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, he's, he took part in over 90% of the snaps last year. And if he goes down, he's nicked up. They're in big trouble because yeah, there is no their depth. Offense. <laughs> yeah, there's no depth in that running back position. And remember, they got the L.A. Rams in week number one. Of course, uh, Luke Keichley on the defense, defensive side, he's had some issues with uh, concussions. I don't see him playing. I, I don't think you want any uh, collisions with Keichley in the preseason because, again, you got to be ready for the Rams. Yeah, between him and uh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson was hurt all the time last season. I don't see him playing too much this game as well just because an injury to them, uh, Keichley and um, – Christian McCaffrey, it would just be devastating to the Panthers because they just get so so much production out of those guys. So who are you taking in this one? Definitely going to take here New England Patriots. You can find minus three now because of the news you mentioned here about with the Panthers playing their playing Cam Newton and some of their starters. We saw that come down to three. So you, you, I posted minus three and a half, but you can find Patriots now at minus three. All right, what's the total on this one? Do you know? The total on this one, let me pull it up here. I was looking at the total in this game because uh, it caught my attention. Uh, we've got the total in the Patriots at 42, down from an opener of 44. Why do you think that moved? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, we've seen the Patriots score a lot of points here. Probably more time on the field for the defenses here in, in the dress rehearsal with the defenses going probably in, in, into the uh, third quarter. Right. As, you, as I mentioned, I think, the Panthers' defense is pretty strong. If it's their starters, I don't know how much depth they have, but their defense uh, kept them in ball games last season, and I believe they beat the Patriots in the regular season last year. They played uh, during the um, preseason last year. I don't recall if they did, did match up. I'd have to look oh, that one up. Oh, I'm thinking of the Titans. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because my team's the Titans. My husband is the Panthers. So <laughs> I knew one of us got a win over the Patriots. Uh, so did you say you like the over or the under or – not uh, I like I like the I'm not I don't really have an opinion here on the total because I'm a little concerned here with Kyle Allen and Will Greer the backups backup quarterbacks for the Panthers are only completing 53 percent of their passes so I'm away I'm not staying away from the total here. All right, let's move on to the Redskins and the Falcons. Atlanta has been one of those teams that has struggled in the preseason to get a win. Uh, Dan Quinn doesn't appear to care too much about preseason games. He's 0 and 11 in his last preseasons. Uh, and this year, 0-3 to the Broncos, Dolphins, and Jets. Do you see them beating the Redskins? Boy, I had to get this game, didn't I? <laughs> Redskins and Falcons. Oh, my goodness. This one was, a, to me, was the toughest game on the card to predict. I'm just, by, by default, I'm taking the points. Atlanta. I think, I think Atlanta's bad players are better than the, the Redskins' bad players. You know, I, I would just have to take three. You're tough to back the Redskins. Their quarterback rotation, you've got Case Keenum. I'm not a big fan of Dwayne Haskins, Jalen McClendon here on a road situation. 
their offense has not looked good, only averaging 11 points a game, one of the lowest scoring teams in the preseason. You know, at least Atlanta showed some defense last week. Of course, uh, Matt Sims threw that pick six, which inflated the score total. Uh, but the Redskins defense does not look good, giving up 376 yards a game, uh, 285 in the passing game, 26 per contest. We know Colt McCoy's out. He's not recovered for that broken leg. He might need two to three weeks sidelined here. And they're also dealing with injuries to the offensive line, specifically in their right guard position. So if I was them, if Case Keenum is your starter for week one, I'd be nervous about playing him in this game. Especially with your injuries to your offensive line, especially on the right side of the line there. That's the big concern there with Washington. So you're right. We, we, could, see, we could see Haskins in this one. And I'm a little concerned there with Haskins on, in a road situation here in Atlanta. Right, and, and like you mentioned, the Redskins 0-2 this preseason with only 23 total points. Uh, you talked about the total a little bit. You, did you like the under? You know, I looked at – that was the first thing I looked at when I, when I looked at this game was the under. But the under uh, came in here at uh, – it opened at 43.5, down to 41.5. I would definitely lean to the under in this game uh, because I don't, I don't believe you're going to see a lot of points here. And Matt Schaub really doesn't drive the team for scores. Uh, he has shown improvement, but – for some reason, he just doesn't get he doesn't get touchdowns on the board, and that's what you need for these totals to go over 41 and a half. We may see a lot of field goals. We could see one of those, you know, 16, 14 games, or you know, 17, 16. It could be in there, and that goes under the total. And it will be interesting for me to see what Dwayne Haskins does. He's been kind of feast or famine. Either he looks really good and he has some highlight play on Twitter, or he's throwing a bad interception in the red zone, but definitely some reasons for Redskins fans to maybe be excited for him. I definitely don't see him starting week one just because rookie quarterbacks, that's, that's tough. It's tough to start in the NFL as a rookie, especially on a bad team. Uh, let's recap our picks real quick. Uh, Redskins, Falcons, Tony T. Likes we're gonna the take, under. We're going to take, I, I, I like, I took the points plus the three. With the Falcons, I would lean definitely to the under. If you ask me about that one, of course, I like the Patriots at minus, at minus three and the Ravens at minus four and a half. All right. Those are preseason picks. Hopefully this week is a little easier uh, to know what's going on, even though I think a lot of our handicappers have been doing actually pretty well. Uh, I'd like to mention that we still have that sale going on, the early, early bird special. It's 25% off if you want to – Choose your expert on our website. It's for all the games in the NFL regular season plus the Super Bowl. So it's a good value if you want to go over to picksandparlays.net. Tony T, I never give you time to promote yourself. Tell us about your podcast and where we can find you. Check our podcast, Sports Pick Info, over on Apple iTunes. We're also an iHeartRadio podcast as well. So if you're listening to us on iHeart, check it out, Sports Pick Info. Uh, we had Cameron Ross, MLB, and NFL picks for today. All right. Always good stuff from Tony T. Uh, when we come back after the break, we are recapping all of our picks from the day, including the NFL preseason, the baseball picks, and Premier League soccer. Join us after the break if you haven't been paying attention or if you just need a little refresher. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to the final segment of Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, 
Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter every day. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Also, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. We stream the show live every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. If you want to watch, if you want to know the faces behind the voices, if that's the way you choose to watch, we welcome you to do that as well. Also, use the, par- the hashtag Parlay Radio if you want to join in on the discussion on Twitter. Let's get in to our picks from the day. If you are not paying attention or if you just want a sweet little recap with a bow on it, we've got you covered. First segment, we talked Premier League Week 3 with Nick Gieber, Aston Villa, Everton. Take the draw plus 250 and the under uh, two and a half goals at minus 120. Norwich, Chelsea take Norwich plus 550 over three minus 109. But you need to check the injuries on that one. Uh, Check the team sheet for William and Nick, how do you say that one? Rudiger. Rudiger. If playing, you take the draw on that one. So we got a little homework to go with that one. Moving on to Dana Lane's MLB picks, Washington and Pittsburgh. He is taking the Nationals on that one because he does not like picking the Pirates because that's his team and they break his heart. Milwaukee and St. Louis, he's taking the Cardinals in that one. And the Angels and the Rangers take the Rangers. Those are our baseball picks. Moving on to our NFL preseason picks with Tony T, Ravens and Eagles. Taking the Ravens, minus four and a half, cannot go against John Harbaugh. Winning all those preseason games, the Ravens just seem unbeatable in the preseason. Panthers and Patriots, take the Patriots. Redskins and Falcons, take the Falcons. Those are our picks for the day. As always, join us tomorrow, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, on Picks and Parlays Radio. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.